Hello and welcome to New Report, your weekly roundup of all the latest sneaker news and all other photographic announcements that we found interesting. Is Constant here? And this is Becky. It's another week and another announcement <laughs> from Nikon. <laughs> We're so used to those things right now. Yeah, we had to make a month break and then yeah. suddenly we're like, oh, there's no new things coming out and then boom again. All of a sudden, two in a row. Yeah, so we had the ZF last week. This week we have the Plenar lens. You all saw the trailer on Friday, no doubt. The cat is out of the bag. It is the 135 F1.8 S-line lens. Exactly. It's a cat with a round eyes <laughs> because the bokeh is so round, you're not going to get cat's eye in there. That's right. You get a perfect round bubble bokeh. It's bokehlicious. Bokehlicious. Yum yum. So let's go through the specs of this lens, shall we? First of all, Nikon have talked about how great the bokeh is. They cannot get over how wonderful it is. Essentially, you get these fine rounded points. It maintains its circular shape even when you're looking at the bokeh in the furthest corners of the frame. And even if you are shooting at f1.8, there is no cat's eye or onion shaped bokeh. No animals were hurt in making this announcement. so or onions. <laughs> exactly. So we've got 16 elements in 14 groups. Four of them are ED elements, one is spherical element, one SR elements, and all sorts of onion coats and other things on there. Oh, I thought you said onion coats. <laughs> We're really on the onion well, stage. It's onion and measles. <laughs> all those coats apply there to give it a beautiful, beautiful rendering. And I guess when we're talking about really round bokeh, that's all done via 11 diaphragm blades. Yes, exactly. And they are rounded. Nikon also say that there will be no color fringing or vignetting, which is impressive. And the MTF chart, on the presentation that looks, looks very nice. Yeah, so let's talk at plenty a bit. Obviously, we've discussed what plenty means. It means full, plenty, you name it. It's not a PL mount, yada, yada, yada. Plentiful. Exactly, but let's talk why is it planar and why it's not just a normal 135, 1.8 S lens. Uh, so Nikon have decided to set this one apart from the normal S-line lenses, a little bit like they did with the Noct, although thankfully not with a Noct price tag. So what they're saying is that there's a lot of glass in this lens, there's a lot of aperture blades, and you will get a lot of quality out of it. I think that's how we water it down, essentially. Yeah, so portrait photographers rejoice. Now you have H5 1.2 as well as 135 1.8 lenses. Your job is pretty much covered. All we need is really get that 50 if you want to, 35 1.2 once it's released, and then you can get all your beautiful portraits out in the wild. That's right. So Nikon say that through the Z mount, they have opened new possibilities for optical construction and Planner takes advantage of them all to bring you peripheral brightness that surpasses any other S-line lens when shooting wide open. Now, I think that you and I can safely state that S-line lenses are pretty darn good. Yeah, yeah. So this one's apparently is better. Even better. Yeah. Uh, so they say coupled with the planner's incredible overall rendering power, the result is perfectly even brightness across the entire frame without any visible light fall off at the edges, which means we shouldn't see any vignetting from this lens. Exactly. They call the elements inside the lens a premium S line optics. So there's normal S line optics and then there's a Tesco finest or S line premium as they call it you know so Sainsbury's taste the difference exactly <laughs> M&S I don't know what they do M&S everything is everything it's just premium uh little extra special <laughs> uh, but, but they also say fast source focus 
And I guess that's another lens like H5 1.2, which is quite big while still being under one kilogram, which is really nice. It's 995 grams. But because of those big elements and a lot of them inside, it can still maintain a very fast source focus, which is really, really good. That's right. Now, other features of the lens include a function ring as well as the focusing ring, function button. And we do also have an 82 millimeter front diameter. So it is a chunky lens. It's not small. It will come with a lens hood and a lens pouch as well as obviously your front and rear caps. And to be honest, these sample images that we've seen from from this announcement have been pretty stunning. Indeed. So the release is scheduled for early mid-October next month, and the price is... <laughs> Good. You can pre-order yours from Grey's Westminster. We will be taking pre-orders and hope to get those out to you in early to mid-October as swiftly as possible. But let's talk about this lens. Yeah, who is it for, Becky? So obviously it's a professional lens for professionals mm -hmm. who want that little something, something extra, definitely geared towards portrait photographers. Mm -hmm. So what, what other uses could we put this lens to aside from portraiture? Well, we can um, use it for portraiture, as you mentioned. We can also use it for isolating the subject from the background. Okay. Uh, you can also focus on that subject and everything's going to be blurred in the background. So all these sorts of uses, <laughs> let's we can apply this lens for. Excellent. And the lens is designed to be sharp at 1.8. Yeah. And in terms of this, yes, you can use it as a normal lens, but because they say that, yeah, it's effectively, we, we want to make sure that wide open is really, really sharp. Yes. The rest is just part of the package, really. What surprised me really about this lens is actually the price, because when we heard Planner and we saw Noct, and it's got the same writing on the lens, yeah. so Noct is quite expensive lens, so I thought this one is going to be close to 5K or so. So the price is actually, what it is, is actually cheaper than H5 1.2, mm -hmm. which is nice. If you're a portrait photographer, you will get H5 and 135 yeah. in just your arsenal because... You're going to have one, let's say, maybe for indoors mm -hmm. and another one for outdoors. And obviously, 135 is going to give you, even at 1.8, yeah. quite a beautiful isolation of the background, you know. Yes. So in terms of this, I would call this year as a portrait year for Nikon. The needs of portrait photographers, wedding photographers, event photographers have been addressed this year. And I'm really, really happy about that. I think so, too. What my question is, do you think we'll see another planner lens? Do you think the, the 35 might be a planner lens, the 35 1.2? Because they didn't do that with the 50 or the 85. I think not, because then 35 is rumored to be 1.2. So yeah. in terms of this, we will get 35, 50, 85, 1.2. Mm -hmm. And I think they didn't want to have 1.8 lens in this lineup. And that's why when we looked at the roadmap, the 135 was slightly on a different level yes, from, from the two. Now, the question is, obviously, like, will we see another planet lens? I don't know, because we only have one knock lens released. And obviously, this is a very special lens. Will we see several planner lenses released? That's a good question. I can think of two that I would immediately say, first up, 105, 1.8 planner could happen, because... This is kind of replacing the 135 DC a little bit. And there was a 105 DC yeah, as well. And do, do you think they're not going to go 1.4, 1.2 route? Because obviously we have mm -hmm. 1.4 for F mount. It just makes more sense to release 1.4 version, if you see what I mean. But we haven't seen a single 1.4 Z lens prime. That's true. That's so true. I think that it could be... A, we could have a planner 105. Yeah. It could even be a 1.4. I yeah. mean, the aperture doesn't dictate whether or not it's planner. Would you think 105 1.8 would be a downgrade or 105 1.4 E? Um, I actually don't know. <laughs> I mean, 
for some of you who use one of Ion Point Four, you know that it is a very special lens. It is right. one of the best, sharpest, and just most beautiful portrait lens you can ever create. So if you like that one of five focal distance, there's only one choice in there. Yes. Now releasing one point eight. And I know Nikon used to say, we released 51.8 and it produced the image equal to 51.4. I don't believe this um, <laughs> logic really. So, you know, that's not how physics work and the light works, you know. But if Nikon wants to sell me on this, mm -hmm. I personally will put my tinfoil hat on. And say, where's my 1.4? Exactly. And clearly, don't quote me on physics because I have no idea what physics or maths are. He's not a physicist. I'm yeah. a dreamer. <laughs> Make love, not worry. <laughs> <laughs> the other lens that I think we could see in the planner lineup would be a 200 f1.8 or 200 f2 mm. um, because that is an iconic portrait lens. And I think if Nikon are kind of making the planner lenses portrait lenses, mm -hmm. then a 105, a 135 and a 200 or maybe even a 180 would be really, really nice to see. But do you think the original 200mm f2G lens was designed as a portrait lens? I, I assume that lens was designed for people doing indoor sports. It's exactly maybe, that. But know. it has become kind of a cult icon in its own right for Indeed. portrait photography. And I think that it really holds its own, aside from the fact that it's just very big and heavy. And the prices on those are getting quite low. So actually, if you haven't tried one, I would definitely recommend you try one because we know that quite a few Z mirrorless photographers still have that lens in their bag. Another lens that we didn't discuss and the rumor was that 135, you'll replace 135 F2D lens, mm. which will have defocus control. Mm -hmm. Now, that didn't happen. No. What are your thoughts on this? I think that the defocus control sort of idea or concept was very much of an era. It really shows its age because we don't necessarily want defocused control in our modern portraits. But back in the 90s when it came out, it was a great idea. You know, everybody wanted to shift their the level of blur from the foreground to the background. Mm. Not necessarily. I am generalizing here. But it was an age of soft focus filters and that kind of dreamy... Uh, Very curly hair Dreamy, women. wavy perm. Yeah, the leggings. That's right. All the skinny things. Exactly. So I think that the 135 DC, or at least the defocus control element, should be relegated to the same drawer as your leg warmers. And we should look at future developments and maybe acknowledge the fact that DC isn't so useful now. Saying that, the 135F2DAFDC, for anyone who may misquote me, it is a superb lens. So there is no doubt about that. I just don't think that the defocus control element of it is still relevant. Yeah, and because it's quite an old lens, the 135F2D, then I personally had issues when I tried it on DA10 mm -hmm. and Wide open with a backlit subject, you get really quite a lot of purple fringing and chromatic aberrations. And yeah. it was very difficult to deal with in the post-processing software. It was very difficult to remove. Yes. And I think we finally have now a lens that's kind of brought up to uh, speed in terms of specifications and up to date in terms of just optical performance, specifically designed for high resolution sensors. And mm -hmm. in this case, it's 45 megapixel highest uh, resolution sensor from Nikon. I'm sure that it can handle probably quite a lot more. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure that there's going to be quite a bit of room in terms of optical performance of the lens for a future higher resolution sensors. Yes, exactly. Now, obviously, we're looking forward to actually putting our hands on one and putting it through its paces, testing that autofocus speed as well as the bokeh that is the thing that gets talked about a lot. So I'm very much looking forward to that test. Yeah. Is there anything, I mean, I suppose low light, 
portraiture would be quite a good use for true, it. True, true. People who shoot street photography and just afraid to actually face the people they photograph. So, you know, <laughs> so they can hide in the bushes. Yes, also me. <laughs> and uh, take those shots and fast as folks will help with it. And uh, obviously beautiful bokeh. So, so there's a lot of users. I mean, it's, I'm glad that they keep it under a kilo. It's not exactly the light lens, but for professional use, one kilo is very reasonable. So yeah, you got like H5, 135 mm -hmm. then yeah some people would get 51 too but maybe yeah i'm personally thinking like if you get 35 and h5 one both 1.2 is fantastic and they can have 135 for the longer end yeah and that's pretty much gets you anything from environmental portrait mm -hmm. to a very close-up portraiture mm -hmm. so which is really really good again if you portrait photographer close focusing distance is 82 centimeters which is about the same as h5 1.2 which i think is about 85 centimeters yeah so what do you think are you planning on getting one are you saving up for your 85 1.2 still are you planning are you planning are you planning <laughs> That's what they come for. Are you learning? Yeah. <laughs> Am I playing? Um, I'm not sure. I, I, I think I would need to get H5 first. Okay. Um, you know. I mean, that is your lens. That's the lens that focal length that you use yeah. more. However, the H5 1.4 G lens is very good. Mm -hmm. And I don't have 135. Mm -hmm. And I know that the Sigma that we tried for F mount, which is also 135 1.8, was a very nice lens. Yeah. And it is very reasonably priced. So I don't expect it to compete with a newly announced lens. But on the budget, that could be an option. I personally think it could be that I will get H5 1.2 yes. and replace my H5 1.4G. Or I'll get 135 first because I already have 85. Mm -hmm. So the two options I can go with. Yeah, I'm not sure which one I'll choose at the end, but I'm definitely looking forward to trying it out. And as soon as we will receive it, we will try to do some tests for you. Tell us what you think about this lens. Are you buying one or have you pre-ordered one? Or are you still on the fence and you're looking for something else? I mean, the only lens that is still left on the roadmap for this year is H5 1.2. Mm-hmm. Tell us what you think in the comments below. All right, on to other news. Last week, Nikon announced Nikon ZF camera, which was received quite well on the place called Internet. Yes, it was. And there are some additional features that Nikon didn't necessarily shout from the rooftops that we thought we would include here for you. So first up, this camera is the first in the world, apparently, to have focus point VR, which suppresses blur at the edges of the frame. There is a whole video from Nikon, which explains what that means. But essentially, conventional VR, sort of when, when you have VR on the sensor, moves the sensor from side to side, which therefore means that the middle of the frame is the most stabilized area. Now, what the ZF has is focus point VR, which means that the area where the focus point is, is actually what the sensor compensates for. So it's not just the middle. So imagine you're focusing on subject on the right corner yeah. because of your composition, but the vibration reduction still works in the middle. So in this case, it actually compensates for where you focused and it's make sure that this particular area is more stable than the rest of the image. So yeah, it's an issue that didn't come out first and I guess maybe that's why the when you switch off the camera, the sensor doesn't lock itself, I don't know. Could Potentially, be. yeah. We are yet to put one through its paces to know exactly where all the key differences lie. But this is a really interesting development. It also currently is the, the first and only camera that has the 24.5 megapixels with the XP7 processor, which should make it fantastic. It's also the only camera from Nikon that has a black and white switch, which some people are going to be interested in. Others won't necessarily so much, but I think it's quite lovely for street photography in particular. 
Yeah. It's also currently the first camera from Nikon that has pixel shift shooting. So you can create these high resolution photos. We did talk a little bit about this on the live stream on Friday, but there is plenty of information out there about it if you'd like to know more. And we will be talking about it more this coming Friday too. Indeed. And then Nikon also released a bunch of different colors for the camera, which is only available for order directly from Nikon store. Mm. And there you can specify which color you want, being it a beautiful mint green or shy sacred brown. Um, I do, I will say, yeah. I do like the blue one. Yeah. It's very on brand. It might go with your fancy royal blue billion bag, isn't it? Yeah, it's true. I do like them. I mean, I like the orange one. Like my husband very much likes anything that's like black and orange. Mm. He likes anything that's like brightly colored. So if you really like that brightly colored orange on your camera, then you've got the orange version. Um, but yeah. if you want to order it from a retailer, then you'll get the all black version, which is what we have. But what's interesting to me as well, they went with the different colors compared to ZFC. So I'm it's not glad. exactly the same thing, you know. So yeah, you don't have this mean green anymore, you or know. Or bubblegum pink. Or bubblegum pink, you know. So they're I quite liked the bubblegum yeah, pink, to be they're honest. They're kind of more serious colors, let's say, and more subtle. I mean, a part of the of kind of very bright orange, the, the rest of the colors are quite neutral and muted in a way. That's right. I will add, though, that if you have ordered a color version, there are some stipulations here because you will, if you need the camera repaired or serviced and they have to take off that leatherette at some point, they will only be able to replace it with the same color if they have spares of that color. And there's a limited supply of those usually. So at some point you might end up getting back an all black camera and it's it's just worth bearing in mind. Do you think the choice of kind of muted non-screaming colors is because those are kind of aimed at the grumpy old man? <laughs> a more mature audience, you mean? We can spin it this way. <laughs> I think that the colors are definitely aimed for aimed towards people who have a little bit more budget. More taste. As well. Um, Bubblegum pink as a ZFC. I personally think that was very cute and I love that. But, you know, I wouldn't go out and use that camera. No? No, probably not. All right. So to be honest with you, I call me boring, but I would just personally go for the black one. Just Black on black, really. Yeah, and I also personally always think about the resaleability of of these sort of special edition items or limited edition items. I think that something that appeals to a wider audience will resell better, but that's my personal opinion from someone who does often change camera. Yeah, or buy an Apple phone with engraved name on it or something. Yeah, see, I'd know. never do that. Yeah, I think like uh, as well as Apple offering this service, I think Negan maybe should offer that as well. Someone with a screwdriver... You know, Free replicating service. someone's signature or initials. Okay, well, those are colors. Tell us what you think. Do you like them? You don't like them. Are you waiting for the silver version? Because I think that will happen personally at some point. Yeah. In about six months. It'll Who knows? probably be a Nikon Store exclusive. <laughs> now, what's interesting thing happened as well. The official Nikon group hmm. was announced. It's called ZF-GR1. But it seems like it's only been announced in Japan. Yes, this is kind of wild. Certainly in the European Nikon spheres and in the UK over here, we have a small rig grip added to ours. And in fact, when you pre-order your ZF, Z, oh my God, when you pre-order your ZF from Grays of Westminster, not only do you get the free small rig grip and the MH34 battery charger, which is not included in the box with the camera. And you, you get a memory card as well. You also get an SD ultra high speed Mark II memory card. So 
All those freebies are very, very nice if you pre-order from us before the 31st of October. But speaking of the official Nikon grip, it's interesting how they have both the small rig and the ZF-GR1 as options. In the UK, you can't get the ZF-GR1. So what Nikon have said is it improves holding performance while taking advantage of the design of the ZF, and it is designed with the same artificial leather as the camera body, giving you a uniform feel when worn. In addition to the front grip, which provides a comfortable grip for your fingers, there's also a rear grip that allows you to place your thumb in a natural position. And the battery and memory card cover of the ZF unit can be opened and closed yeah. with the grip in place. So a small rig grip. Mm. But if you're comparing the two, I personally do prefer a Nikon version because it's more subtle. Now, I personally think from convenience point of view, the small rig grip looks comfier just because it's got a bigger grip overall, so there's more to grip on. But because GR1, the official Nikon grip, uses the same leather at least on the body, it just looks classier to me. So yeah. personally, I would use the camera without the grip, but I know that many of you would because that's the point of buying a retro camera and putting grip on it. But if I have to choose a grip, I personally would go with a Nikon one just for the looks, really, more than anything else. But it does have the Arc Swiss mount, which is good. It's uh, amazing, actually, is what it is, because we haven't had a grip from Nikon with an Arc Swiss mount on it before. That's true. I don't think that the ZFC official Nikon grip had an Arca Swiss plate on it, but the small rig one did. And the small rig one, as I, I had one on the ZFC, the grip is more kind of rubberized, I would say, rather than that metal with the leatherette style finish. So it does feel a little bit cheaper because of the rubber, but at the same time, possibly more comfortable to hold. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the ZFC grip and it's actually, yeah, the, the new one is definitely looks a lot classier compared to the ZFC version. Yeah. But also ZFC version cost 119 pounds. That's a lot of pounds for the piece of metal. So I assume the Negan official grip will also cost the same. So while it has the looks, the price is, I think, will be significantly higher compared to small rig version, which is only $40. Mm -hmm. So I personally think, yeah, obviously I do like the Nikon one just for the looks, but small rig makes more logical sense to me. There is also a weight difference. The ZF grip by Nikon is 122 grams, which yeah. means it's quite weighty, whereas the small rig one is only 102 grams. So there is a slight weight difference there. Yeah, but also Small Rig announced a video cage that will allow you to put accessories around your ZF for video work, which is, again, not the camera that you would want to use for video, but because it's got all those features built in. Mm -hmm. Actually, it will perform better than Z6 Mark II for video work yes. because of the fast autofocus. Now, that one is priced at £80, and you can pre-order it directly from Small Rig website. Now on to other things. The charger. Apparently, the MH34 charger is not included with the Nikon ZF. It's also a new charger because regular NL15 batteries, Nikon had MH25 charger and then was replaced with MH25A. Mm -hmm. Now, the MH34 charger will charge the same batteries, well, the B and the Cs only, apparently. Okay. But this one is USB-C charge, effectively. And it has lights on it. And it has lights on it, which is amazing. <laughs> I mean, this one, how many lights it has? It's only got one light. I don't think No, it's... it has the power charger. It has the yeah. level of battery charge. Oh, yeah. So MH25 only has one light. Mm -hmm. And this one has got more. You know that, that thing where it's like you go into a, a gaming store 
and they're like, this is the PC you should buy. And like, no, thank you. And they say, but it's got RGB. And yeah. they say, shut up and take my I mean, money. I'll have you, your entire stock. When you buy an PC, you don't look at specifications. Just look at the lights. You look at the lights because the more RGB fans in there, the better. And also if it comes with the RGB keyboard and a mouse, then it's it's the best thing ever. I'll take your entire stock. You know, exactly. I'll take them all. Sell your latest <laughs> MacBook Pro, you know. Yeah. So I'm glad that Nihan wants to go the same route. Mm -hmm. So that way we can get more sales at least. But coming back to the charge and the batteries, Nihan Technical Support released this whole update on EL15 batteries, mm -hmm. which goes through the whole story of the batteries. The original one, which is original on EL15, was released back in 2011. D7000. Exactly. So technically, if you look at those, while they all have more or less the same capacity, except the C version, which is instead of 1900 mAh, is now 22, almost 2300 mAh. Mm -hmm. The one that Nikon recommends for ZF is actually in our 15B or C versions. They yes. don't recommend to use earlier versions. And also the ones that you can actually use the MH34 charger for is in our 15C only. Oh, okay. We should try, though, to charge the other batteries to see what works or not. But we can put our lab coats on and goggles. Exactly. <laughs> but we can, we can see that. So what also in our 15 will allow you to do with, with ZF is also charge it, obviously, the battery in camera, as well as using 45-volt charge or something like Anker Power Core or something else. Yes. Just a little bit of extra information on charging your battery inside the camera. This came up, I think, Actually, first when the Z9 came out, but also with the Z8, there are certain power delivery requirements in order to charge your battery in the camera. Now, we've successfully charged our Z8 using just a power delivery USB-C cable to USB-C into a power bank like a MacBook charger or something like that. You do have to check the power delivery and output of your chargers before you start plugging these things in. But not every single charger nor cable will actually do the job. Yeah, well, they all have the same plugs, USB-C plugs. They're not exactly the same. So don't think that you can just buy the cheapest one on the internet and it will work. So keep that in mind. AC adapters that you plug into the mains also have a different power on them. So again, it's something like with your MacBook as well. So the MacBook charges 65 volts. Yeah. So, you know, so if you plug it, you know, if you plug USB-C to 25 volts, your MacBook will charge much, much slower. Yes. So, or may not charge at all. Your Z8 won't charge. <laughs> exactly. So the same with the camera. So keep that in mind. Obviously, Nikon is making EH7P and EH8P USB-C adapters. So it's actually USB-C cable built in into the AC adapter. Mm -hmm. So you can buy those if you need to, but if you've got already a MacBook charger and you have a cable, it technically should work as well. Yeah. But always, always check the voltage and if your cable has power delivery. Exactly. Now let's talk about different kits. So in UK, you can buy ZF in body-only form as well as 2470 kit, which I personally think is not the best lens for it. No, I would have preferred a Prime, but Nikon Japan seemed to have cottoned on to that. They do the ZF with either the 28mm f2.8 special edition or the 40mm f2 special edition, which are the little muffin lenses as we call them, or pancake lenses. The demand has been very, very high for the ZF with the 40mm SE, and they have already said that there will be delays on that kit because of popular demand. Yeah, 40mm is actually quite a good lens. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a big fan of 40. You know, I like my 35, but also 40. I use a lot of 40s on my medium format cameras. Yeah. And I do enjoy the focal distance because 
it's kind of it's it's slightly like it's not 50 it's wider than 50 but it's not exactly 35 so you get this quite nice rendition mm -hmm. so if you're photographing a certain scenes you yeah. know with the beautiful lighting i think that just the lens renders really really well yes agreed i think that it's a, one of probably one of the better choices of kit the 2470 f4 which is the kit that we have available in the uk is an excellent saving on the lens i will say and that is an s line quality lens so professional quality perfect for stills and for video and for a little bit of everything really so that's the kit option that you have here in the uk but of course you can always buy the body only and then just get one of the smaller lenses separately would you like nikon to release more retro styled lenses which are quite small i'd love some more i mean the retro styling on the lenses doesn't necessarily bother me so much but but the smaller lenses, I would like to see more of, for sure. Would you like Nikon to release lenses with actual aperturing on them? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of financial gain to be had, Nikon. Talking to you. Another bit of ZF news, Nikon support finally released supported memory cards for Nikon ZF. And for some of you who didn't know which SD card to put in it, you now have choice of SanDisk, Sony and Lexa memory cards in SD and the micro SD forms. We have had a lot of videos come out in the last week on the subject of the ZF. We first up have testing the ZF in harsh conditions, six days in Norway by Morten Himmler. We have Matt Irvin, as well as Richie, as well as Seth covering the camera. So if you haven't seen those videos yet, we definitely recommend you to check them out to fill the vacuum if you haven't had enough of Nikon ZF in your life. That's right. Speaking of ZF, apparently Nikon demonstrated ZF camera at Photopia in Hamburg last week, as well as they're going to show the camera in Nikon Plaza in Tokyo. And apparently B&H also had an event in the United States. So there were different places where you could see the camera. We know that Nikon is going to be on the road showing off the camera in the coming week. Stay tuned for the updates. Now on to other news. So apparently, according to Nikon rumors, the second batch of Nikon 1H2600 lenses are coming to the United States. Do we have any UK update, Becky? That's how I throw you under the bus always. <laughs> the UK do seem to be seeing very small batches and we are talking sort of twos and threes at the moment and not every single week, but I think that this should improve in coming months. Keep Wonderful. On. Thank you, Becky, for this. <laughs> Next up, Nikon announced the winners of its 2023 photo contest. The competition has been running since 1969 and is now in its 50th year. The top picks were selected from approximately 70,000 entries. So wow. that was stiff old competition, that was. That's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. Now, the winners of the Grand Prize, Excellence Award and Special Encouragement Award were selected from that massive pool that included entries from 35,000 individuals from 180 countries around the world. There will be an awards ceremony video released on the photo contest website at the beginning of October and Nikon does have plans to exhibit and screen the winning projects in street advertising at events in several major cities and in Nikon facilities around the world. So if you'd like to have a look at more of that, there is a link for you in the description box. There's a whole slideshow that's been published on DP Reviews for the best photographs from that competition. Now onto some software news. So Nikon technical support published an update on new upcoming macOS Sonoma as well as iOS 17. Great. What they said is we're planning to test our software. 
we'll let you know how it goes and what's compatible, what's not. They also publish a list of software that is not going to be compatible. They'll drop support for it. So definitely check those links in the comments below if you use some of the old, outdated software. Right, next for some third-party news for you. First up, the Tamron 35-150 to F2-2.8 lens for Nikon Z is now shipping worldwide. Fantastic. We've published our review of this lens on our YouTube channel, so definitely check it out as well. That's right. And then TT Artisan have announced a new 500mm f6.3 telephoto lens for the Z-mount. Yeah, it's 500mm. It's f6.3. The sample images look nice, and it only costs $329. Can you imagine that? Yeah, and it's about 30 centimeters. So for 500mm, that's not too bad. That's pretty good. I mean, again, it's one of those things, like I don't shoot wildlife. No. I will never buy any long telephoto lenses. Let's say 500pf or something like this. It's a nice lens. Yeah. If I buy it, I'll use it once. Yeah. And we'll see it there. The same with one H600. Well, it is a very popular lens. Mm. As a portrait photographer, it doesn't really meet my needs. So, no. you know, I personally go forward to H5, let's say, in 135 primes. But again, if it's only £329, it's something that you can buy, you can try. Even if you resell it later when you don't use it, you're not going to lose too much money. No, and, and it's a full-frame lens. I yeah. mean, it's over one and a half kilos, so it's not a light lens, but... If you are thinking of dabbling in the subject of wildlife, sports, or possibly even doing some astrophotography, taking pictures of some celestial bodies, then the 500 6.3 could work quite nicely for you. Exactly. And of course, it's not going to compete with Nikon in terms of image quality. Let's be honest. But for the price, again, it could be one of those solutions where you can just try it. And if you don't like it, you don't lose much money. You can always resell it. Um, <laughs> More financial advice from Con. <laughs> just buy everything. Pay twice for everything. Just spend a little money and then spend more money. <laughs> and just to sell the everything stuff. you don't like. Exactly. Now on to other third-party manufacturers. Beetletrox apparently is going to announce 20mm f2.8 lens for Nikon Z mount. It's going to be small and light with a 52mm size. And it's apparently coming in early October. So announcement will be coming in a few weeks or so. Great. Now, Mike or Mikey, depending on how you like to pronounce it, are supposed to be announcing an 85 1.4 full frame lens, a 55 1.4 APS-C lens and a 51.8 lens, all for the Nikon Z mount. Yeah, the 85 1.4 seems to be an autofocus lens as well. So again, there's going to be another edition. We, we have quite a few 85 autofocus millimeter lenses now from third parties. It's quite a popular focal length, isn't it? Absolutely. Again, I think the more the merrier. Why not? Let's, let's have them all in. And I personally would buy 85 1.2. You see, I have my priorities. Yeah. 500, I can do 6.3 at 329 pounds. But, but I'd rather spend 3K on 85 because that's what personally interests me, and I don't mind to invest in something that I truly love. Exactly. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining us this week. Yes, thank you very much for watching and or listening. Please give us a like and a subscribe if you're on YouTube, a follow, rating, review, etc. Tell all your friends about us if you're listening on a podcast platform. Yeah, find us on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Spotify all over the world. We also publish some photographs on the social platforms like Instagram, and you can find Becky at... Rebecca underscore Denise. The shop at... Nikon at Grace. Yeah, I think it's about right. Yeah. And me at Konstantin Koshkin. We will see you next week. Bye bye. Bye bye. I forgot. I'm like, is that my. Friend?